Let's talk about Darvin Ham though. And uh, again, I sent a tweet. Uh, I'll, I'll go ahead and screen grab it. And I will pull it up here for those of you who are watching on YouTube um, so that we can uh, look at it and read it together. But I, I sent a tweet uh, in that game and um, I was, you know, really kind of frustrated with, you know, the Anthony Davis situation and the way that Torian Prince has been used so far this year. Here's what I wrote. Uh, I'm in a weird spot with this team. I obviously want them to succeed. But any success that increases the chances Ham is back next year might actually be a net negative. He's the worst coach I've ever had to watch, Byron included. Now, I know a lot, you know, a lot of the attention since I sent that tweet was uh, about that last sentence, you know, that this is the worst coach I've ever had to watch, um, Byron included. And a lot of people are like, well, is he worse than Luke Walton? Is he loose? Is he really worse than Byron? How about that disastrous Mike D'Antoni season? Um, okay, fine. Like you want to, you want into, you want to get into the semantics here and get into the comparison shopping or whatever. I think you're kind of missing the point because if Darwin is really in that grouping of some of the worst coaches I have ever seen, right? Byron Scott was just abysmal, and Luke Walton literally made Brooke Lopez never want to play for the Lakers again. Um, and made Julius Randle want to leave as quickly as he possibly could have too. And, uh, you know, if you're, if, if we're like debating is Darwin worse than those two guys, I think that's the bigger point here. I think the bigger point is actually at the beginning of that, of that tweet where I'm like, do I really want the Lakers to do anything this year? Do I want them to get out of the first round? If it means that it's more likely that Darwin ham is actually back next year. That to me should be like the big bright lights thing, right? Like I'm a writer. You never bury the lead. If the lead was, I think Byron, or I think Darwin is as bad as Byron, or I think he's as bad as Luke, or I think he's as bad as Mike D'Antoni when he was a Lakers coach, I would say I would have put that at the top. But no, I think the bigger deal here is the fact that I'm sitting here like, all right, let's be real, right? I'm going to do the Stephen A. Smith thing. All right, let's be real. Let's actually really examine this. I'm going to bring this down here. You guys can see me. There's a very serious moment here in the Lakers lounge or on the Lakers lowdown. Do we really want the Lakers to win a playoff series? Like if I, if I had to tell you, you had, this is your call. The Lakers win a playoff series, one playoff series. And Darvin Ham comes back or you waste another LeBron season. But Darvin Ham isn't back next year. Which do you pick? Kind of sucks that we're in this spot, right? Like, it's not great that we're stuck here and we're like, oh, well, uh, I don't know. I'm not positive which is the better outcome here. And that's the spot that 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 uh, the Lakers um, and, and Jeannie and Rob Palenka have put us in where we're here, we're here trying to decide, is it better for the Lakers to lose early in the playoffs this year because it increases the chances that we don't have to watch hot pockets next season. That's crazy. That's insane. I like, I can't believe. And it's, it's actually a real conversation. It's a real conversation I've had multiple times over the course of the last like couple weeks or so, whether it's on the show, whether it's right now, whether it's with people 
in DMs and texts and stuff like that and, and with sources. Because like the way that I the way that I get my sourcing is I just like talk to people. Like I just I have conversations with people and I pull I, I pluck nuggets from those conversations and I I offer them up to you fine folks. And so like when I'm when I'm having those conversations, I'm legitimately asking league personnel, like, hey man, so what like what would you be rooting rooting for here? Right. And I'll have like coaches from those other teams and they'll be like, well, obviously I would want my team to win basketball games because my job is at stake with losing those basketball or if we lose or win those basketball games. It's like, okay, I get it from your perspective. But then I'll talk to people higher up in some conver- in, in some organizations. And they'll be like, honestly, I think you're on to something. You just hope that Anthony, that Anthony Davis has this good of a season next year and that LeBron James is once again this good somehow in his uh, year 40 or age 40 season. Um, and you see what the Lakers could possibly become uh, without Darvin Ham holding them back because this isn't just me. This isn't just my analysis. I think he's holding them back. There were other people who were like, also do what I do in, in, in their a- analysis of this. It's like po- the, the, the overwhelmingly popular stance here is that Darvin Ham is holding back this Lakers team. And, uh, you know, this league is too competitive to hope to compete consistently when your coach is doing dumbass stuff like having at one point today, the lineup was Anthony Davis. Fine. D'Angelo Russell. All right. That's fine. Austin Reeves. Yeah. Two starters. Okay. Spencer Dinwiddie. Hold on. What? Well, surely they had Rui in there, right? For some muscle. No, no, no. Oh no. They had, they had, they had Torian Prince at the four at the four. That means that this season, Torian Prince has played point guard. Remember he started with that all wing lineup shooting guard, probably his most natural position. So that's fine. Small forward. Okay. Kind of stretching it here and power forward. Torian Prince was <laughs> the guy who can't rebound in a game that the Lakers are struggling to rebound. Torian Prince was your power forward at one moment. What multiple times on purpose. And then, like Darvin Ham says after the game, that apparently um, uh, part of the reason Max Christie wasn't able to get into the game in the first half was because of Anthony Davis's foul trouble. Your center? He? Like, you couldn't play a defensive minded shooting guard because you're all world defensive center got in a foul. T- you would think that that's more of a reason to play. Max Christie, because you need more perimeter defense to make up for the fact that Anthony Davis isn't there to clean up stuff behind the perimeter defenders. And it's just like, it's always an excuse. Always, right? We just heard J.J. Redick talk about this stuff with Doc Rivers. How he, he always finds some excuse to make for himself. It always winds up being the player's fault. That's what we're watching this season. That's what we're watching with Darvin Ham. Every time, it's like, well... Darvin, what, uh, what kind of adjustment can you make at halftime to make up for the fact that Grayson Allen and Royce O'Neal haven't been guarded all half? Well, we just got to run harder. Excuse me? What? Huh? 
And and that by, by the way, that's me watching, but that's also how the Lakers have reacted to Darvin all season. Every single time they they lose or the other team goes on a run or another team makes an adjustment that the Lakers have to adjust to. His adjustment is run faster, guys. Try harder. Be grittier. And and I don't know, man. Like, it goes back to that, that question of would you rather lose early in the postseason if it means for sure that Darvin Ham gets fired or would you rather win a playoff round, let alone two, and basically ensure that we're right back here doing the same old bullshit next year. I don't know. Uh, we do have a uh, super comment on this subject, which means... I'm going to play it again because I just I need to be in a better mood. But that super comment... From God, uh, God King Tony Clifton, percent chance Ham is gone if we finish 11th or worse. We need a consolation price. Also, could you turn on Super Thanks? I can't always make the stream. I'll find out what that is. Um, percent chance that Darwin is gone if they finish 11th or worse. I would say it's like a 90, 90% chance that Darwin is gone if the Lakers don't make even the play in. This was too good of a team, and you've had LeBron James and Anthony Davis too healthy to not make the play-in even. Uh, so that that would be, he would be the first to go. But frankly, I think it, 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 like if you finish 11th, I think Polinka probably needs to be looked at a little bit more closely. Um, I believe Polinka and Ham's contracts are actually aligned. So it actually makes it pretty clean if, they do fall that far short of expectations um, for Jeannie to just go in and say like, look, man, you had your chance. This has been, they've had a championship run. You've had a Western conference finals run, but everything other than that has been mediocre at best. And um, this has just been too much of a roller coaster ride. Given the star level talent that you've had to work with here. Um, this is just not good enough. And I think that at, at the very least, Darvin Ham is gone. Now, as far as, uh, excuse me, as far as the, um, where that line is, is interesting because uh, I've done some digging on this and I don't know I don't know that winning a playoff series is necessarily enough for Darvin. This season has been a mess. You've had basically more than half of the, uh, the, the, the locker room at odds with Darvin basically all season. And there's been some stretches where he goes back to relying on those guys and the Lakers look good. And then he goes away from it and those guys get frustrated all over again. And some of it is their fault, right? Rui hasn't played very well recently. And, you know, Vanderbilt has been hurt and there are excuses and there's context to take into account here. But as I've been told, I think he needs to go on a lengthy playoff run to not just get further belief 
from the front office, but probably more importantly, these players. Um, these players have basically the way that the way that you know from those who were closer to the Lakers and closer to some of these players, the way that I've kind of heard it is that these guys basically they win in spite of the coach. They play well for them for themselves and for each other, but it's not to like it's not to win one for the Gipper, right? It's not. I don't know if you guys remember uh, Major League, was it two? Yeah, it was Major League Two, where the uh, manager for Major League Two gets a heart attack, right? In one of my favorite scenes of all time. He's got a knee thing, and he's got a commercial thing, and he's got a movie thing, and then some of us have a heart attack thing. You're like, Coach, who's having a heart attack? And he's like, I'm having a heart attack. And he goes to the hospital, and then he's like in the hospital, and they like, that, you know, they basically tells everybody like, win one for me, you know, whatever I believe. And, and, but like, if in, in this case, like when the Lakers play well and anytime like good things happen on the court, especially with those core guys from last year, they spend a lot of time like looking back at the sideline, like, see, you see, you see why we went on a run last time, you know? And, and I just, uh, it's, it's, it's been a really frustrating season for a lot of the involved parties. And I think, you know, I, I, I think, Dar I think LeBron would like to see Darvin gone. I don't think Anthony Davis particularly cares. Um, that's not really the way that he rolls, but even he has taken some, some shots at Darvin this year. You just saw the other night, or the other day, LeBron, you know, take a picture of him and pop. Love you coach. He's complimented Teron Lou and other guys have complimented other coaches. Uh, D'Angelo Russell, not a particularly huge Darvin Ham fan. Austin Reeves, not a Darvin Ham fan. Rui Hachimura, not a Darvin Ham fan. Um, and I, I just think, you know, he's done a lot of damage to his kind of status in that locker room. And I think that so much damage has been done that enough guys, if they were to like, if they were asked by the organization what they would like to happen this offseason, I think a lot of guys would probably stand up and say like, can we get a new coach? Can we get a coach who does coach things and not just like, you know, preacher things? Can we, can we get somebody who like, you know, adjusts to a zone occasionally? Can we, can we just try it? Can we, <laughs> and I don't know. I don't, I, I don't know how it would all play out, but um, to act, to answer the question that I know a lot of people have been wondering all season, what would it take for Darwin to save his job? I think that bar is actually pretty high at this point. We'll see though. I, I, you know, this, <laughs> this, uh, ownership group in this front office has done, uh, is, has done some weird things and keeping Darvin ham around beyond like a couple months ago when there was like an out and out mutiny basically brewing in, in the, uh, I don't know why I said mutiny that way. A mutiny is how I said it, but like you've had guys just that, that, that article, that, that piece that the athletic wrote, were six sources when you have that many people coming out and saying like, yeah, this guy sucks. Uh, that's, that's like as loud as it gets for NBA coaches um, in, in terms of inter organizational noise. And uh, he somehow survived that. And while all that was going on, you had nothing but praise from ownership in the front office. It hasn't exactly been great since then, though. And I do kind of think that enough noise has existed there to where I think everybody is just kind of 
it's kind of like, all right, let's all move on. Let's all be better than this. <laughs>